Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast. One-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much appreciated. All right, so we got part two of our two-parter fantasy preview show with uh, Locked On NHL Fantasy's Scott Cullen. So we'll get right into it, where today we talk about general fantasy, and then we do some Leafs over-unders on the season as well. And just a reminder that you can bet on those over-unders over at betonline.ag. But uh, let's get right to it. Here's a conversation from earlier today with myself and Scott Cullen. We already gave you some general tips on how to go about your draft. We talked about some of the Maple Leafs and, and how their fantasy season might be going, the outlook of a lot of their uh, of, of those guys there. And now let's kind of expand it. Let's talk about some of the guys league-wide, because obviously you're not just going to draft an entire team based on Toronto Maple Leafs, although you might want to because they got a lot of highly <laughs> talented players when it comes to fantasy. It's just not going to work out. You're definitely going to have to go off the board and find some other guys. So... Um, first and foremost, there's always a conversation every single year about who should go number one. And I think it's really down to maybe three players this season, depending on your categories, I suppose, or depending on, on your league settings. But I would say from what I've seen, it's down to either Dreisaitl, McDavid, or Nathan McKinnon. How do you rank those three going into uh, the fantasy season? Yeah, well, definitely those are the the three guys at the top, and I think pretty much every every league I've seen, they, they're the ones who go one, two, three in some order. Uh, to me, I have David first, um, and you know, I, I don't think that's some courageous take to throw Connor McDavid first. Um, but I also the reason that I, I do it is because, and this kind of goes to my point from earlier, is that um, you play for upside, uh, and McDavid I think has the highest ceiling uh, of those players. You know, you can. Um, you know, be a little bit down on, oh, he, you know, he didn't score a hundred points last year, but like his points per game last year was the highest of his career. You know, he just happened to miss some time. And so uh, I don't think you, you should kind of read anything into that, uh, that, oh, Connor McDavid has somehow lost it. Uh, and, and so, I mean, I think the, the comparison between him and McKinnon, I mean, there's an argument um, to put McKinnon up there depending because he generates a ton of shots, like a, a lot more even than McDavid. Um, he's, if your league has plus minus, his odds are he's going to have a better plus minus playing in Colorado than uh, than McDavid and Edmonton. Um, and and you know maybe McKinnon can keep the scoring race close enough that those other categories uh, you know swing the difference. Um, but you know I, I, having having said all that, I still prefer McDavid because uh, you know I projected McDavid to score seventy nine points, but if he ended up with like eighty nine points, it, it wouldn't shock me. Right. Whereas, you know, I've got McKinnon projected for 70. I, I would, you know, <laughs> I would fall off my chair if he ended up with 89 points. So uh, so I think there's a, a difference there in terms of the offensive upside, even though we're talking at the, you know, the very cream of the crop. Uh, and then Dreisaitl, who I, you know, I think is going to score a ton anyway. But I guess my, you know, my one warning sign with him is that his percentages last year were really high. And, mm-hmm. and now they, they were high the year before, too. Uh, but 
you know, in the last couple of years, Dreisaitl shooting like 20%. Uh, and that, that's the kind of thing that even the best players, they can't do that over the long haul. And so I'd, I'd worry that, you know, is, is this year that Dreisaitl scores on 15% of his shots instead of 20? Well, you know, you, you lose a, you know, you lose a quarter of your goals that way, just, just through uh, uh, the percentages falling on you. So um, th- those guys are the, the top three kind of clearly ahead of everyone else. Um, but yeah, that's my order, McDavid, McKinnon, Dreisaitl. I think I would probably agree with you on that order as well. But unfortunately, not everyone is going to be able to draft a guy like McDavid, McKinnon, and Dreisaitl. And, you know, you got to supplement your team with with some guys lower in the draft. And so I want to get your thoughts on maybe some sleepers that you have as you you head into the middle and, and, you know, kind of even the late rounds. If there's any gems that you think are out there that guys are maybe overthinking, uh, overlooking, that you've been able to scoop up. Up real dirt cheap late in drafts who you think are, are primed to have stellar years for the fantasy season well yeah sure we've got a couple i think robert thomas in st louis um he's, his rankings are, are strangely low um but you know with, with vladimir tarasenko out uh for the blues and i know they signed mike hoffman but there's basically been lots of opportunity in st louis's top six for thomas um whether whether it's on right wing or at center uh, and he finished last season. He had 26 points in his last 33 games, uh, and that's his second season in the league. And so kind of going into his third season, this is uh, kind of a prime time for uh, a player to step forward, and given how, how well he finished last year um, and the opportunity that should be there for him, I think Robert Thomas is uh, a really good option and, and one you don't have to take early. Like he, He's uh, going you know hundreds of picks in, into, uh, into drafts. Um, and another guy who's going quite late and who I've, you know, touted in a few places is Kevin LeBanc uh, mm. for San Jose. Um, he, uh, the strange thing is like his point totals last year collapsed. He had 56 points a couple of years ago, had 33 points last year, but basically all his underlying numbers were, were better. You know, that he generated more shots. Uh, his, uh, when he was on the ice, the Sharks got more shots. Uh, they got more scoring chances, more expected goals, the whole thing. But his percentages kind of went in the tank, you know, his shooting percentage is on ice shooting percentage. And so that's the kind of thing that, you know, the pendulum kind of swings on that sometimes. And if, you know, without much change to his game, uh, LeBanc's uh, production should should go back up this year. Uh, and he's going to have lots of opportunity. You know, the Sharks don't have a whole lot of uh, talent up front. And it looks like he's probably starting on the top line with Logan Couture. So uh, I think he's he's somebody that you can get late and is probably going to give you some some good value. Um, let me throw one more. Um, you know what, Cody Glass, uh, the center in Vegas. I know right now the the way Vegas is going, they've got Chandler Stevenson uh, between Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty, and I think at some point that that is going to go to to Cody Glass. He he had like twelve points in thirty nine games as a rookie last year, so you know this is why he's going late in drafts uh, if he gets drafted at all. Um, but you know he was high first round pick. He has this scorer's pedigree uh, much more than Chandler Stevenson does. Yeah. Like Stevenson, uh, you know, was a checker in Washington and, and got a, a nice opportunity in Vegas last year and, and kind of made the most of it. But, you know, he doesn't have the, you know, the, the real skill that, that Cody Glass does. And, and, you know, they could basically flip spots. Like I think right now they've got Cody Glass uh, on the third line with, you know, Alex Tuck, but it, you could easily throw Stevenson down there and put Glass in you know, on the top line, uh, if they think he's ready. And I think the, you know, the real upside there is that 
getting to play between Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone, really great spot to be. You know, if you're if you're a center who's kind of looking to find your way, you might be able to score a little bit. Um, those are two really good veteran wingers to uh, kind of carry you a little. You got a defenseman who maybe be falling down the draft boards a little bit that you're looking in maybe the 12th or 13th round. You're like, man, I can't let this guy go by any longer. I, I would have scooped him up long ago, and I'm just going to take him right here. Is there anybody who you've seen that maybe uh, fits into that criteria for you as a later round gem? Well, you know what? You, I basically say watch what's going on on the Boston power play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, Matt Grizzlick is is going to be running the – uh, the power play at least to start the season. And, and as long as he's in that spot, it's worthwhile uh, adding Grizzly. Uh, at the same time, I'm kind of high on Charlie McAvoy. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm high on Charlie McAvoy, basically with the expectation that at some point he's the one who's going to run that power play. And maybe he won't. Um, you know, the Bruins, you know, are, are really happy with the way McAvoy plays at five on five. And I'm sure that'll be their focus. Um, you know, they let Tory Krug run the power play for, uh, for years. Um, but, you know, if if you know you're Charlie McAvoy and you you might be a Norris Trophy contender, it, it would not be out of the realm of possibility that he also could run um, Boston's power play. And so, like, and, and because right now Grizzlick is the one who's kind of penciled in to, to run that power play, uh, McAvoy is going relatively late in drafts. And so I I kind of um, you know I, I set my sights I guess on, on McAvoy, um, but. You know, you, you can probably find some pretty good value if you grab Grizzly, too. We'll get back to the conversation in just a moment, but first, a word from our show sponsor, and that's betonline.ag. I know we're all hockey fans here at the Locked On Leafs podcast, but are we ready for some football? You got college football heading to the natty, and then there are some big matchups this weekend. Also in the NFL, the playoff picture, and the playoffs are finally here, and there is only one place that has you covered, and one place we trust, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. You put in $50 and receive $70. at betonline.ag. You talk about some of the games coming up this weekend in the playoffs. You got the Browns and you got the Steelers, the Colts and the Bills. There's a lot of stuff going on in the NFL. There's even some over-unders starting to peek out in the NHL and some futures bets as well that you can go ahead and lay down some money and try and win some of your own. But don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert. Who are some guys you're avoiding? Oh, who am I? Like, Anyone well, on your do not draft list? I mean, obviously, at some point you're going to get them. Yes, like if there, a guy, there's, like, all, there's always a point yeah. with those guys, right? Is where where you go? Okay, you know, I, I've waited long enough. Uh, but you know, back to my discussion of Drysital and the, and the wild percentages he had um, last year is that you know Kyler Yamamoto uh, sort of like on one hand you go well Kyler Yamamoto is um, you know great opportunity. Uh, to play alongside Dreisaitl. But one of the things that, you know, padded his production last year was he had these wild percentages, like really high. His on-ice shooting percentage was like 12.5%, which is kind of right at the top of the league. And and the kind of thing, you know, guys, you know, even the best players don't don't manage to maintain that kind of thing. And so um, I, I'm 
you know, and, and it, and it becomes a tough situation. And, and you could say the same thing about uh, Burakovsky uh, in Colorado. He had high percentages last year, but he had the best year of his career. Uh, and, but he's slated to play with Nathan McKinnon. And so what do you do with these, these guys who under normal circumstances, you say, well, you know, I, I, I see those percentages and, the, and they're definitely going to go down. But if those guys are, you know, if they're playing with McKinnon and Dreisaitl, uh, you know, respectively, they're still going to have value, right? Like you, you can't just ignore them altogether. I just kind of look at it and, and I would say, you know, maybe, maybe wait an extra round before you uh, pull the trigger because I, I'm wary of anybody who has those, you know, inflated percentages because, you know, it, it, it can go south pretty quickly and, and really through no fault of their own. Oh, yeah. I know that very well. Uh, A couple of years ago, I had the unfortunate pleasure of uh, being really high. Oh, who who was it? Oh, man, I can't even think of it right now. But I was really high on a guy, and I took him in, like, the second or third round because he had a solid year the year after, and then he just plummeted, did nothing whatsoever. Oh, I think it was actually – it was – no, Couture? I think Couture. I was really high on Couture or maybe – or – Thomas Hurdle, one of those two. And well, I took him in like the third round, and they just did nothing for me. Yeah, you know who the classic example is? is Patrick Lining. Um, yeah. Here's in the league, right? He, he shot like 18%, and in his second year, he scored 44 goals. And and every scout in the world tells you how great Patrick Lining's release is and, and what a great shooter he is. Oh, and, he's going to score 50. He's going to score 50 every well, year. He's going to score 50. Well, he's, he's the done. guy who's going to be an exception, right? right? Because every scout tells me he's, he's unbelievable, unbelievable and you know, even though no one shoots at 18% over the long term, it's going to be Patrick Lining. Third season, scores on like 12.9%. He scores, you know, 32 goals or whatever. And and it's not like, oh, Patrick Lining suddenly got worse. It's just, you know, pucks don't go in that easily. It's, it's not an easy thing to do. And, and so it, that that's always kind of my my cautious uh, approach. You know, Alex Kaloran scored on 20% of his shots last year. Um, you know, he, he's probably going to be a solid player for Tampa Bay, but I bet you he doesn't score the same way this year. Uh, for redraft leagues, and I'll get you. We'll we'll finish up the fantasy conversation with this one. Uh, are there any rookies that interest you other than Alexi Lafreniere this year? Yeah, there's it's probably a couple, and, and obviously depends on the rounds. Uh, I think Carol Kaprizov in Minnesota, um, because he's really he was really productive in the KHL, and generally KHL production translates okay to the NHL. You know, you can see guys uh, play in, in some leagues in Europe and they put up points and they come over to the, the, the NHL and it just doesn't work, right? But generally, if you can score in the KHL, um, you'll probably be able to uh, to produce points in the NHL. Now, I think Kaprizov, the the Wild might be, uh, you know, raising his uh, level of difficulty because they don't have great playmaking centers to, uh, you know, to get him the puck. Uh, I think they've, they've sort of gone through Marcus Johansson and Nick Bugstad in the early going uh uh, on on his line at, at center, but uh, I do think he's going to be you know worth your while at some point in in fantasy. I'm in in a deep league. Uh, I kind of took a flyer in one league on Trevor Zegras um, because I look at Anaheim's roster and I think there's no way that he <laughs> he can't play on that team. Yeah. And so you know if if you know he's got to be feeling pretty good about uh, coming out of the World Junior Hockey Championships, but uh, if if the Ducks, you know, give him a legitimate shot, you know, Zegers might be, you know, he might be able to hit the ground running and, and keep scoring. Um, but it, it, it's hard. And, and I say this uh, kind of in, in general, I basically tell people not to draft rookies uh, because, you know, it, it's really hard for a player to, 
uh, have fantasy impact uh, in their first year in the league. But, you know, there, there are some exceptions and you kind of always have to be aware. And so, uh, you know, I think Lafreniere and, and Zegris and, uh, and Kaprizov are all good. I think Dylan Cousins might have a shot um, in Buffalo. Like they, they have an opening that he, that he could step into, uh, but I don't know whether he'll score enough in his first year to, you know, to really make it um, for fantasy. So not loving the prospects of our boy Nick Robertson uh, for this season <laughs> in a redraft league then, huh? No, and, and not that I, like, I, I can't remember what I what I projected him for this year, but, like, I also, you know. Well, he's not more, even guaranteed a spot in, well, that's it. <laughs> in the is lineup that, either. You know, so. in, in the offseason when I when I did my projections, I kind of thought, well, he, he's got a shot at a third line, um, you know, a third line role there with the Leafs. And if he does that, well, then, you know, who knows? You know, he might, might score 20 goals. Uh, and Well, 20 goals in a full season. <laughs> Prorate that for 56 games. Uh, but then, you know, as kind of the roster starts shuffling out, and, and yes, and there's Joe Thornton up on the top line, and they've got Mikhaev and, and Hyman on the wings on the third line, and it's like, oh, well, now now I don't know uh, what to think about Nick Robertson's chances this year. And so, I, like, and he's in a really, you know, tough situation with it, which I think a lot of uh, guys who are, uh, you know, junior eligible players, like what those teams are going to do uh, with those guys. Like, I mean, I guess they can keep them on taxi squads while they wait to see uh, whether junior hockey, you know, actually starts and, and, and those guys can play. But I think it, it's going to be, you know, a, a complicated year and as it should be, I suppose, because, you know, they're trying to do this in the middle of a pandemic. But um, you know, I think there's a lot of guys who have junior hockey eligibility and, and if they're top prospects, the teams, you know, obviously don't want them to, you know, sit out and just not do anything. But at the same time, they may not be ready um, to really step in and play in a you know normal role in the NHL. Yeah, it's it's going to be a weird year. Going to be a weird year <laughs> in fantasy. I mean, it, the pandemic, it's it's weird for everyone and you know, you'd be mistaken if you thought that this pandemic wasn't going to play a role into your fantasy game. You know, as someone who played fantasy football this year, I know that uh, COVID <laughs> came uh, and reared its ugly head a few times and, uh, you know, kind of cost, cost some matchups and stuff. So, you know what, um, this year you're, it's going to be just as, you know, detrimental in hockey and, you know, maybe even more so because you take a look at, at hockey, you're playing three, four games a week, whereas in football it's only one game. Right, like yeah. you, you get a guy like Connor McDavid who you know comes down with actually he already did, so maybe he won't. But he's uh, <laughs> safe now. Apparently. But, but maybe like Mitch Marner, right, for the Maple Leafs, he he ends yeah. up contracting COVID, and all of a sudden he's out for two weeks. Well, that's six games where you're missing yeah. a guy who you probably took in your first with your first round pick later in the first round, or maybe early in the second round, depending yeah. on how big your your uh, your draft is. But you know, so it's going to be an interesting, interesting year for fantasy hockey, but we're all set, all ready for it. And uh, hopefully everybody listens to all the great advice that Scott was able to hand out. Uh, but let's transition quickly and let's just do some Leafs-related overs and unders uh, because betonline.ag is now a new show sponsor, not just for this show, but for the entire network. So we're super happy to have them on board here. And they were gracious enough to set us over a lineup of some of the some of the overs unders that they have that you can go and bet on at betonline.ag. Uh, so let's just go over some of them here. I've got four for you, and I want you to tell me what you're thinking. What's your thought process when you're when you're looking into this and you're thinking about betting it? And we'll start off with Freddie Anderson. 
And they have the save percentage right now at 914.5 over under. What are you thinking? Uh, yeah, I'm, th- I'm thinking that's a pretty good line for them to put out. <laughs> yeah, it is a good line. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, Vegas you know never loses, man. I don't know how they get it right every sure. single time, but they do, and it's so difficult, and and, and most people are going to end up picking the wrong one. It's a 50-50 yeah. shot, you know but it seems more like 90-10, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, if I, if I had to guess, I, I'm going to I'm gonna take an under uh, on that. And, and look, I know he had a bunch of years where he was 9-17, 9-18. Um, and I guess, you know, as I kind of alluded to earlier, as I thought that if he, if he got kind of halfway back, uh, from where he was last year, I think it was nine Oh seven. Um, you know, if he got to, you know, a nine thirteen, um, that would probably be, you know, pretty good. Like in terms of, you know, the le- the least will, uh, he'll get plenty of value. If, if that's the case, they'll win lots of games with him in net. Um, now if he gets back to nine seventeen or nine eighteen, I mean, that he'll, he'll be hugely valuable. Um, but I, I guess at nine fourteen point five, I'm gonna I'll slide him under. But the one that I would avoid. He had a, a nine oh nine save percentage last year, so yeah, we'll see what he can end up doing uh, this upcoming year. Uh, John Tavares over under fifty six and a half points. Well, as we talked about before, as I, I said, you know, Tavares is you know this reliable uh, point per game guy, uh, but. I, I would probably take an under on 56 and a half um, with the possibility that he could miss some time. Like he does, he tends to be pretty durable, uh, but you know, if he misses three games, five games, um, suddenly it gets pretty difficult to, to score 57 uh, points, particularly, you know, given that, you know, as, as good as he is, he's still kind of, you know, the second line center in uh, Toronto. And so he, he, I think, uh, he doesn't quite get um, the, the same scoring upside as I would put on Austin Matthews. So I, I'm going to take an under on, on Tavares, which is funny because here I am uh, earlier touting him as, uh, <laughs> as a guy who, who's worth your while. I mean, that's that's over a point per game, technically. So uh, yeah. if, if you think he's over a point per game, or if you don't think he's over a point per game, you got to take the under. And even if that means point per game, that's under at 56, right? Uh, all right. How about a guy that was taken off of Tavares's wing and given a beautiful opportunity to work alongside Austin Matthews this season to start the year? That's Mitch Marner. Over under 62.5 points for Marner. You know, I, ha- I have him under, but I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I say this as, as I'm quite high on, on, on Marner. Like I, have, I think I have him projected for like sixth in the league in scoring. Wow. Um, 61 points. And you know, if you want to tell me that he's going to score 63, I can hardly, I can hardly mount an argument against that. <laughs> it's a good line. It's a good line then. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he's a really good player on a, in a really good situation. Uh, you know, he, part of the thing with, with a line like that, like I, I would look at it and say, well, if he plays 56 games, I'm probably on an over, but I also don't know that he's going to play 56 games. You know, I, I that I think, that's that's an area where, where people can kind of get caught is that you you assume that everybody's going to play every game, uh, but historically it just doesn't seem to happen. You know, every once in a while, you know, you, you miss a, a few for something, uh, and so that I guess uh, I'm you know pessimistic here on Tavares and Marner, even though I think both of them are really good. <laughs> well, let's move to the big gun, and that's Austin Matthews over under thirty two and a half goals. Well, now this is this is fantastic. 
I have projected Matthews for 32 goals. (laughs) (laughs) I've projected him for 32 goals in 50 games. So again, this Mm. goes to my point of if Matthews plays 56, absolutely for sure. I would expect him to score more than 32 goals, but you know, last year was kind of a, you know, he stayed healthy and, and that's, you know, out of the preceding two years, he had run into problems with, with injuries and, and, you know, not that you want to start handing out as always injury prone, but this goes to my point of guys miss time. Uh, you know, they're, it, it, when you're in trying to evaluate, um, you know, players and, and you start looking over the kind of their, their histories, uh, being able to stay healthy uh, is a real asset and, and, and it, can't be overlooked. And this is part of the reason, you know, if you're talking the, uh, the rocket Richard race, right. Matthews is favored to win the rocket Richard. Um, but he is favored against Ovechkin who never misses time. Right. And, and so I, I think that that shouldn't be overlooked. You know, the fact that, you know, whatever might go wrong with, uh, Alex Ovechkin physically, that guy doesn't miss games. Um, and in the case of Matthews, you know, his second and third seasons in the league, he did miss games. And, and so that's kind of always something to, to keep in mind is that, yes, I, I think Matthews is, you know, premier goal scorer and, you know, I've projected 32 goals in 50 games. If he plays 56, then, then I would take the over, but I, I guess I can't bank on him playing all 56. It's funny. You mentioned the, the Ovechkin, uh, Ovechkin there getting a snub, I guess, going into the season. <laughs> and it's, I, I agree with you. Cause I, when I saw that, I, I made the bet. I was like, I'm, I'm taking Ovechkin then as the rocket Richard winner. I mean, well, if you I give mean, me like plus seven the last eight, <laughs> you give me plus 600 odds or plus 400. Uh, yeah. I'll take that. <laughs> that's just, yeah. just almost giving me free money. And that's what you could do over at betonline.ag. So guys, if you uh, if you have an inkling for any of these overs and unders, and obviously there's more than just Leafs-related stuff over on the site, uh, go check it out and get yourself into the game. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Go ahead and win yourself some money. Uh, all right, man. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you uh, so much for joining me. Uh, cool. Thanks for having me, Mike. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, and uh, follow Scott on Twitter at by Scott Cullen, and certainly check out uh, the locked on is it the locked on fantasy locked on NHL fantasy right? Yeah, uh, lo underscore fantasy NHL, uh, but yeah, look look at locked on fantasy hockey podcast. Um, you know wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, I'll be uh, hammering out stats for you know the next few months. Yeah, so if you're looking to get the edge in fantasy and try and beat out your buddies, whether it's your your buddies from school, your family, your cousins, your work friends, whoever, make sure that you're subscribed to everything that Scott is dishing out there because he'll get you set all year long. Scott, thanks so much for joining me. Hey, thanks so much. And if you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where myself and four other Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode next week. Enjoy the weekend, Leafs Nation. And just a reminder, you got the Blue vs. White scrimmage Saturday. It'll be live on TSN and on Sportsnet, so make sure that you get yourself uh, situated so you can watch that. I'll be back next week. Until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.